On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, we have a little update on Tyrese Maxey's possible return. We'll start off with that next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. What's going on, Keith? What's popping, D? What's popping? Oh, not, not much, man. One more day until we get Sixers basketball back on the floor. So that's what's happening. But before we get started, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here, Locked On 76ers on YouTube. So make sure we hope that you can give us a, a listen and, of course, a watch here on YouTube. Keith, today we got a little bit of an update on Tyrese Maxey. Before we get started with that, we also want to talk about something Doc Rivers pointed out, which has been a key point to the Sixers' uh, woes so far this year, and that is the rebounding, where the problems lie there, and also in, in, on the back end, some positive news about Tobias Harris and his outside shooting overall for the 76ers at this point, 24 games in of the season, 22 for him. But, Keith, Tyrese Maxey today, uh, a, a, a participant at practice, but – more so on the side of things, doing some work there. Uh, what can you share with us all about Tyrese Maxey, who we know is out with the uh, foot issue and uh, with, out with the foot problem, looked at as a three, four week uh, diagnosis for him? Where is he now? What was he able to do today that you were able to find out? Um, what, what he did today is for the first time, he he basically ran like now he wasn't doing any sprints or anything like that, but he ran up and down the court. Um, the, the thing is, he he did what she was shooting the basketball. Doc said he was actually cleared to start doing that on Monday. To basically jump up and down, he can't do any of that just yet. So Doc said he's a ways away. So the question was, what do you mean ways away? Like, you know, you guys said three to four weeks. It's been two and a half weeks now. What's going on? And Doc said he can't really answer that because I asked him, does that mean he'll be, he won't be back this month? He said, I don't know. He said to him, a ways away could mean two games. Um, but he, he said, you know, he doesn't really can't give a time limit on when Maxi will be back. Um, he said, like, you know, could I just say two weeks? Can I give you guys two weeks? I don't know that. And exactly two weeks is when Maxi's supposed to be back. And that would be two weeks, four weeks from when he was injured is December the 17th. So, you know, we'll see. That's something to, uh, to keep an eye on. But the coach said he's a ways away. I'll take, uh, listen, three to four weeks, uh, th- uh, an extra week if need be, because you you have to everything relies on your legs and your feet uh, of course uh, to run up and down that floor so I, I wouldn't want him to come back until he's 100 right 
ready to go and and, and geared up to be able to run uh, as, as much as Tyrese Maxey needs. One of the things that makes him a dynamic player is his speed. And if his feet aren't right and he's at 75, 80%, then there's no need to have him out there on the floor if he's not going to be a contributor uh, to the basketball team. And I know there's a thing of uh, easing guys back into their, their play and easing them back into who they were. They can do that in practice. They can do that as they get him ready to be back out there on the floor. And I understand where they are right now with their record, and they do need him out there on the floor. They miss him just like they missed Embiid and Harden when they were out there. But if his, if he's not right, his speed is one of the number one things that's a part of his game that is a threat to a defense. And, and I, I would prefer for him to come back when his feet are 100% or when his foot is 100%, not anything below that. Now, look, sometimes when you get the 95%, there's, some, there's things you can do. And you play with sprained ankles. You're listed as probable, but we know you have a sprained ankle. You just tape it up and, and you just fight through the pain throughout a game. This is different. He's coming off of an injury that has shut him down for a couple of weeks. So I would hope that uh, if he is back, it is more closer to that 95 to hopefully 100% when he's cleared and, and given the okay to get out there on the floor. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it does uh, for when he's 100% because the foot, you know, is, is weird. Like I, when I was in high school, I, I, I had a fracture um uh my fifth metatorso and, and and it was one of those things where um you know if you rush back and one and matter of fact I, I rushed back too soon and then what happened is I you know it, I messed it up again and I had to sit out more time mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where you have to be a hundred percent and like Doc said you know r- jumping and, and all that he's not cleared to do that yet and that's extremely important um, on yeah. that one. So, yeah. yeah. So the speed, of course, and getting to the basket the way he does, his, his leaping ability, his finishing at the rim, all of that is important for him to be the player that he needs to be and the player that they need him to be when he's able to come back. So, and we've also seen, we talk about it all the time when we hear about the big men with the foot problems, like Embiid, who has dealt with that, and many others, and how it affects them and their feet. Well, listen, just because the guy is smaller doesn't mean his feet aren't important. His feet are important and his foot is important to their success and his overall success as this team looks to move forward past this stretch that they are in right now, even 500 after 24 games. So I hope that when he does come back, he's right. We always see it. This guy works hard. He Sometimes he overdoes it because he's just a competitor. You know he's going to work hard to get back. Just come back when it's the right time. So, but it's, it's encouraging to see that now, as we know, the boot is off. He's able to uh, run a little bit and, and do those things. It doesn't prevent him from maybe taking those shots, as, as you talked about, Doc Rivers saying earlier today. So, keep shooting those shots. Keep working on that part of the game for wherever the, that allows you to extend your range at this moment with just practice and then get back when the time is right. And also, Doc Rivers talked about one of the things that's been an issue for this basketball team, and that's team rebounding. That has been a problem. They've been getting destroyed on the glass. Keith, we'll talk about that next here on Locked On 76ers, how it's been a problem and what they need to do to improve it. But before we do all that, some things that need to be improved. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for a small business. You want to improve things and be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out 
LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, listen, if, if I'm you know have my small business and I have something that I want to do, I want to make sure that I go through every possible category, every scenario that I can to make sure that I'm bringing in the right people. I have the the, the necessary needs that I want from someone working with me, and I want to go through the right channels and the right avenues to make sure I'm doing all my due diligence to do the right thing. And that is, again, here at LinkedIn Jobs. As you do that and you create a free job post on LinkedIn Job, you then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Again, that's hashtag hiring. Simple tools like questioning uh, with your screen questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn job, linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Do it today, people. Do it today. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen today. For your second. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, man. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts. And insights only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I was so hyped about the jobs, had to let that one out there uh, as a uh, as a little little sneeze. And, you know, it's like, hey, this is my little message to you all. Get out there, check out those jobs. All right, Keith, rebounding. It's been a problem. I'll go back to one to start things off uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies on what was that Friday where Steven Adams had 10 offensive rebounds by himself. The 76ers had 10 offensive rebounds as a team. They were out-rebounded by double digits in that game, and that was a big key to why they lost. That led to a lot of second-chance points in that game against the, Pelic- the Grizzlies on uh, on Friday night. And that was game two of their three-game road trip, and that has been a problem for them, Keith, where we have looked at and talked about it as – a, a thing that needs to be focused on as a pregame uh, key to the game to make sure that they clean up the glass and not allow those uh, opponents to just out-rebound them in that way, to get out in transition, to get those fast break points because of that. And also, again, those second-chance opportunities on the offensive end. Uh, Doc Rivers spoke about it today. First, uh, Keith, your thoughts on what he had to say and what can they do to simply rebound the basketball better? You know, I mean, first of all, the one thing you need to do is you need to, you know, basically get down low. I mean, Joel Embiid. I mean, I I think when you look at it, with him being in the perimeter, I I feel like that's hurting their rebounding. Because if you look at the NBA, and what I mean by that is, so he's like out in the perimeter. And in the NBA, there's a lot of times when when a guy shoots a shot, everybody's running backwards. Right. Like they, they don't even try to crash the boards offensively a lot of times. Anymore. They yeah. give it up. They give it up. And so what happens is you'll have a guy like Joel protect, you know, a down low or whatever. He's going to get the rebound like or, or, you know, things like that. But it just seems like he's just out of position. 
especially on offensively to go get some offensive boards, which he's not, you know, he's not going to do. But then secondly, it, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like when you got a big man that far away from the basket and he's by far the biggest on the floor and then these other guys are there, it's, it's just, I don't know, man. It, 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 it looks like they're defeated because of that. I mean, in that area. And then also, if you notice, whenever he is down there, they're not aggressive crashing the boards, right? You'll have him, he's getting boxed out by one dude, and then three other guys are, like, just fighting each other on the other team to get the ball. It just seems like the Sixers are just small, and him, I feel like with him roaming the perimeter, like, I think about it, before he was getting, like, 12 rebounds, something like that. Now he's getting six, seven rebounds a game. And, and when you look at it, that's not a lot for him to be that big and, and that strong to get six rebounds. That's not good. But I also think it has a lot to do with him roaming the perimeter the whole time. Well, on average, we know his point total is over 30 points per game, um, but his rebounding is down. He's at 9.6, so you need to round that off to 10. So he's right there at over 30 points and 10 rebounds a game, and that's not enough. When he's at his best, you're right, he's in, high, in those low double digits, somewhere in that 11, 12, 13 oftentimes. And I remember one of his better seasons, I think it was back in the 17, 18 season where he was averaging 12 rebounds a game. And, and that's where you want it to be. That's where you want to see uh, that for Joel Embiid. Now, uh, to, to play off of something that you just talked about, him being on the perimeter, uh, strategically, a lot of times that's the point for the defense, as you know. Uh, to pull him away from the basket, number one, for driving opportunities for their team to get to the basket and, and not have that deterrent there that is the, the, the rim protector of Joel Embiid. So that strategy, there's not much you can do about that except for him just simply once he does see that happening, get down there and, and find that, you know, position to rebound that basketball. And uh, sometimes, too, he's going for a shot block. He is then out of position, which is not on him because he's going for the block shot. That's up for the to the rest of the team to also rebound there and help out team rebounding, uh, as you talk about. But on the other end, uh, Keith, that's just more of putting a body on someone, locating a player, uh, putting a body. Too many times I've seen where guys have snuck in there from the perimeter, just weaving around. Of course, you have your back to them, so you don't really see them. And you may have your hand out to kind of feel out and see if somebody's coming. But when you have that running start, and then you have a better a better sense of where that ball is going, you have to be better at locating that player and putting a body on him. And then the want to of wanting to get that rebound uh, on that on that defensive end. And that's something that we haven't seen enough of from the 76 or so far this season. So once they get some of those things back and, and get that down, then I, I think they will be in much better position because they rank at the bottom of the NBA, as you said right now and rebounding totals on the on the campaign you do have other players who try to get in there and stick their nose in and help out I, i'll give you tobias harris uh, whenever guys are out specifically in the years past where it was ben simmons and joel and b he always crashed the glass to help out and this year he's averaging with his 17 points he's averaging 6.3 boards but i've also seen him where he's been 9 10 11 helping out in the glass because that is something that as a teammate, you step up knowing that someone else is out. You got to give that extra effort and getting in there and collecting those rebounds. James Harden averages seven to eight rebounds a game. That's the team thing. It's a team effort. And they all have to go out there and do it and improve that and be number one, but everyone else, number two, 
and helping to close out, put a body on somebody and, 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 and want to go get that rebound and keep it away from them. Also, DeAnthony Melton is a pretty good rebounder himself at the guard position. So that's my two cents on it uh, of how I think they should go about it and what they need to do to go about collecting more rebounds and stopping those second chance opportunities and then getting themselves an opportunity to run in transition uh, for them. If they get a rebound and kick it out to, to a man that's also ready to leak out and, and fill in those lanes and start maybe a three-on-two, three-on-one break and you have a numbers advantage, it, it, it makes you feel better, makes you want to rebound more if it plays out that way. You know you're going to get rewarded on the other end too. So that's my thought on it. I've seen it too many times where I felt like those guys sneak in there a little bit too much because the Sixers don't put bodies enough and find a man tagging them and 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 making sure that they are aware of where they are at that point. So that's what I think. Can't argue that one. <laughs> you could, but <laughs> but we both know that that's a problem for them. Uh, but on the other side, as we talked about two things that are negative, I mean, it's a bit of a positive. Maxi taking those steps to come back, so that's a positive thing here with the rebounding something that needs to be improved. We need to talk about a positive. Tobias Harris has played 22 games this season, and we need to tell you how good his outside shooting has been. One of the things that we've talked about that has been a uh, a negative of his game, not really a negative, but one that is not as a strong suit, one thing that you would look at him and say, can we get more out of it? Well, these last two games, you've gotten more out of them, and we'll talk about what that is next right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers at Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens with you here. And Keith, Tobias Harris over the last two games has been shooting lights out from the three-point line. I'll give you his numbers the last two games. Uh, five for six uh, in the game before, as we talked about with the Memphis Grizzlies. Just in a really good shooting uh, motion right now. His, his form looks beautiful. His lift looks really good. Five for six in that game. This past game against the Houston Rockets, he picked up where he left off seven for eight from beyond the three point line. He is 12 for 14 over his last two games, averaging 16 points, the six rebounds that we talked about, close to 17 points. And he's shooting 41.8% right now, Keith, from the three point line through the 22 games that he has played. This has always been a part of his game. We knew he can drive and finish and hit his mid range jumpers, six, nine. He can shoot over top of defenders and all of that. But one of the things that we knew would also be a big key here in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and now James Harden and Joel Embiid is being able to catch and shoot from the three-point line and making them. Struggled a bit once those guys, you know, once he started to get more looks and more opportunities there. Not a high volume of shots, I'll just say that, uh, from the three-point line. He's shooting about five a game now and, again, close to 42%. And he's really starting to look real comfortable from beyond on that shot. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Uh, for you, uh, I'm sure you've noticed the same thing that I have, 
Uh, the shot just looks good. He looks confident. He's not thinking about it. He's shot ready every time the ball comes to him. And he's not always looking to just ball fake and drive anymore. He's just going up if he feels good about how the ball feels in his hands and, and taking that shot. Yeah, you know, like you said, I'm, he just give you a number of what he's doing. He's shooting 85.7% from three in the last two games for 85.7. You know, I, I think it's just, you know, he's in the, in the groove right now. I, I feel like, you know, in the past, it was one of those things where he really didn't get the ball. So he, it was always when he got the ball, he was like rushing shots and this and that. I think more that he's he's a little bit more in rhythm now because, you know, they've been going to him more because now it's just Maxi out. But before, you know, when it was Maxi, Harden, and Embiid out, you know, they ran a lot of their stuff through him. And now he's still getting a little bit of piece of the pie. So I just feel like he's in, in rhythm. But it's been a, a big difference because, you know, we're talking about these last two games. But then he had one stretch where he was, you know, 0, 0 for 3, 1 for 3, 1 for 9, 1 for 7. Then he was 2 for 2, 3, a 3 for 7, 0 for 3. And now he's just like on fire right about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the good thing about it is, you know, those are the shots he's going to have to make when everybody comes back, after Maxi comes back. So the fact that he's able to do this now is, is basically, you know, good for him moving forward because then they have more confidence in him and going back to him. And I don't expect him to shoot at, at this clip throughout the remainder of the year. That, that's just impossible to um, continue. But as you just said, when everyone is back, Maxi and these guys are back to basically close to as, as close to possible and beating Harden uh, to 100%. When he's out there and he's now being able to catch those, and sure he'll he'll be able to drive, but a lot of the driving will now come off of the mere fact that he's knocking the outside shot down. They have to close out harder on him because the shot is falling. He's a threat. They have to respect his outside shooting in that way, and it, his shot has always looked good, even all the way back to college. He had you know the the, the really good shooting uh, form. It always looks good. Uh, the follow through is tremendous on his shot and the, ex, you know, the extension on the follow through, all of that all has always looked good. Now, as you just talked about, you know, shooting 40, well, I said 41.8, it's actually 41.5 that he's just in a really good space right now from beyond the three point line. And it's only going to help him out when Maxi comes back. Also getting those looks, he's not going to hesitate much anymore on those. And when he's out there with, let's say someone like George Niang, who is also a shot maker in that way, when that extra pass, that extra swing over over to Tobias Harris or to George Niang, because one of those two is making the shots in the game at that point, and the defense has to respect them both, that's going to bode well for the team. Not only for them making the shots, but also when they when those closeouts do come, that extra help is also going to maybe take an extra peek over to those two, and either one of them could potentially, you know, zip a pass inside to Joel Embiid, Paul Reed, Montrezl Harrell, someone, one of those big guys to finish close in the rim for a more high percentage shot. So uh, it's a good development for him right now and the future, as you talked about. It's good to see because that just helps him out, helps the team out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, And listen, man, if that can continue at at least that 40% rate throughout the year, they're in a really good place uh, for this team. We want to thank you all for making Locked On 76 as your first listen For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions 
big game recaps, and the take of the day. That's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can uh, find us uh, here on uh, not only Locked On 76ers, but other spots as well? You know, like you said, it's Locked On 76ers, wherever, wherever you get your podcast at, you can get this podcast and you can go to our YouTube channel. When you go to our YouTube channel, please click on the Liberty Bell and you become uh, our latest subscriber. Now, the deal is tonight, you might want to go to 97.5, listen to my man D from 7 to 10 on the Divine Giving Show. So make sure you do that. The other thing you need to do is, and this is a must, this is a great thing for you guys. It would be great if you go and you follow my man on Twitter at Divine G975. It's D O V O N capital G 975, right? Then you can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers and you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, as always, man, it's fun. Tomorrow when we get together, man, we're talking about some uh, some Lakers matchups with this team and the keys to the game, how to start off this seven-game homestand on a positive note uh, against that group. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you and we'll talk to everybody later. Thank you. All right. Thank you all. Peace.